We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blacklight Syndicate, it's good. Yeah, they make some good shit. They do, um, they make a, like, uh, it was like a slushy series, but they had to change the name to, like, Brain Freeze or something, or now it's just called Brains, I think. Oh, um, funny. And they also, yeah, some someone had a copyright somewhere. And they also make, um, oh, it's called, like, Chunk, and it's a series of pastry sours. So it's just, like, I mean, it's just, like, sugar-blasted sugar right. beer. Chunk. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's they're good. I mean, they do a good job. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I got I got a special one tonight. I'm, I'm solo doming a, a nice one. For solo those, doming. Yeah. So for those new, I remember what means, dome meant in high school. Yeah. No. 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 Solo <laughs> doming just means I'm drinking a whole bomber by myself. Okay. Oh, that um, is a big one. Holy yeah. Shit, Are you sure you're huge. up for recording? If you worked like um 16 hours today or whatever the fuck you did. Uh, I mean, right now at about 50 hours over the past three days, so 52. I mean, honestly, if you're about to do this solo doming thing and you're exhausted, you're probably going to be extra interesting tonight. So. <laughs> I can, you know, I- I'm up for it, guys. You guys give me energy. Plus, this is, this is I knew today was going to suck. So I, I put a, this is from Horace. Uh, they're out in, in Southern California. They're dope. They're really, really good. They, you- they also really like birds. So they put birds on all their shit. I recognize that name. Either you've told me about me that, or told me about them, or you you might have sent me a can of them at one point. They're they're known for stouts, and they do a lot of stuff with nuts and with coffee, and they're just oh, they're delicious. Okay. But today, yeah, today sucked. Today was physical inventory, so today we counted everything, like stop all operations, count everything. Um, we had an auditor from corporate who just didn't. I mean, she was very nice, but she didn't help. She didn't show up until ten o'clock, which was four hours after we started um, hey. but i had to get up at, at four so i could get on the road by 4 30 because i had to pick up the donuts and coffee and uh mayhem ensued because all service jobs are understaffed because of the way things are today so i felt terrible uh well why do we um sorry no you finish that thought you finish that thought well just just the, the two ladies running the place the dunkin donuts like i called last night and told them it was all coming but they didn't have anything ready so I had to put together like seven dozen donuts and four things of coffee all at once Jeez. and only through the drive-thru. Um, so I, I, as they were doing it, I like knocked in the window and gave them a 20 and said, buy the drinks, the next two people behind me and then keep the rest as a tip. 
And then you're a mensch. No, the guy two trucks behind me started honking. So I knocked again and said, okay, only buy for the one behind me and keep the rest yourself. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Double mensch. Fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) I just, yeah. I mean, they're working their tail off. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I want to say something about this and um, I'm probably preaching to the choir, the, you know, the six and a half podcast listeners that we have, they probably already know this, but the problem is not a labor shortage. The problem is wage shortage. The problem is that these massive fucking corporations with insanely rich executives who make millions of dollars a year are not willing to pay enough money to people to actually work and to live. So fuck those guys and be nice to all of your people working at Dunkin' Donuts or Wendy's or wherever. Okay. So that's that. Well, well, I agree with you there. I'll also say that like, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're paying quite a bit and we got kick-ass benefits and I still can't find people. That's true. We did talk about that. And that's more yeah. of a mystery. That's more of yeah. a mystery. I mean, I told you just, just to get your Fauci ouchie, you know, you get a, you get a thousand bucks on the spot, not on the spot, but you get a thousand bucks and they did a, a raffle for all uh, supply yeah. chain folks. All, all those factory folks were entered to win a, a car. And that's, and that's just incredible. Can you imagine getting a thousand dollar bonus for getting a fucking shot, dude? That's the easiest thousand dollars you could make. It's the second one we've done. We did it for the flu shot too. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I got my shots. I just didn't get the bonus, but everyone else beneath me got it, which is awesome. Like that's such a nice way to, to really put the money where your mouth is. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Kyle, what are you drinking? I've got Noda lager days. I don't want to take it out of the koozie because i already opened it but i have uh well this is this is the other side make we make beer and it is our featured sponsor oh nice protagonist. Protagonist. Oh, nice, nice yes. yeah very good very good yeah i i gotta find you guys a couple i tim and i were there over the weekend and we bought the last two koozies so okay to to come in the future, maybe maybe our yeah. sponsor can hook us up a little bit. Yeah, here. I mean, I'm all, also I, I gotta I gotta show them some love too. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna buy something from them. Yeah, we gotta, I gotta figure something. something out to make sure that we get some uh, some of that lovely protagonist brew up here to Pennsylvania. So we'll, yeah. we'll 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 take care of them too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, for sure. Oh, and before I forget, uh, you guys just need to say happy birthday to the sleeping bambino. It's our no, first no, birthday. Take- Take that away. Oh, You're yeah. bringing the interference back. Well, it only was, it was soft for just a second. Happy, happy birthday, Stella. Wait, oh, yeah, what is I mean, it tomorrow? It, yeah. So when yeah. people listen to this, it, it will Holy be her shit. birthday. Yeah. The, uh, one now? Yeah, she's seven. Um, Man, that's fucking wild, dude. That she's already a year old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Time flew for sure. Especially with yeah. the pandemic. It was like, we weren't doing anything. We weren't doing anything. And then bam. We were doing like a million things, but at the same time, just it's crazy to think that whole yeah, year to, is gone. Way to be grown up and responsible. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey, look at the beer I got. <laughs> uh huh. And I just got a couch. I've been living in my own apartment for like three months, and I just got a couch today. So, guys, know. we are growing up. This is amazing. <laughs> wait, uh, a comedian I really like talks about that. You know, it's like, wait, you 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 bought a couch? Like you. You're supposed to find those. Like you bought a couch. Whoa, Ethan's getting serious. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, is that voodoo from uh, that hat from State College? Uh, yeah, there. I didn't get this. I got this at their headquarters in Meadville, Pennsylvania. But yeah, that's the place I've been heading up to in State College. Ah, such a good shout out. 
Got to make sure every every episode I'm going to put on our social media. I'm going to put like I'm wearing Team USA for the Olympics, although I haven't watched a single minute of the Olympics this year. And I'll just put whatever we're wearing, anything cool. We'll take a picture, put it on. Uh, Eastman Wind Ensemble. Uh, I did my doctorate at the Eastman School of Music. The Eastman Wind Ensemble is actually a really famous ensemble. So oh, there you go. It's like the S in that picture is uh, as a bell for an instrument. It ex- oh, and wow, right. look at that. Now, here's the, this is a really, Pennsylvania. Well, and this is a that. big day for the pod. This is our first ever official guest, isn't it? It oh, is. Guys. This is really exciting. <laughs> Hannah, what's going this on? It. This makes it what? Um, Ethan, I have to tell you, I'm also a schlub. Or do I say a schlubina? A shl- oh, schlubina. I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. Yep. So we can, uh, you know, even it out now, 2v2. That's right. Two, tonight it's two two jocks, two schlubs. That's good. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. I didn't think about that when I invited Hannah to be on, and now I'm thinking maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give Ethan any more ammo or any more support. Come on. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Hannah is gonna is gonna back me up on on any rants that I go on. I just have a feeling, but simply because you're Jewish, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, speaking of rants, don't you have one uh, locked and loaded for this week? I'm I'm kind of interested to hear again. Well, are you talking about the merge lane one? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So I want to talk about merge lanes, and then we can and then we can talk about our usual stuff. But since you brought it up, I'm gonna talk about merge lanes. So, um, people who know me know that I care very deeply about driving. I take it really seriously. And I also get like really, really angry. I have mellowed out a ton in the last few years, for real. I, I'm, I'm not even bullshitting you. I've mellowed out a lot. But I still get really upset. I still get really angry. Now, one of the things that drives me insane is when people sit in the left lane on like a highway and, and they have people passing them on the right and they're just not going that fast. Like even if you're going fast, if you're in the left lane and you got people on your butt, get the fuck over. It's a passing lane. Just get over. It doesn't matter if you're going fast. Okay. But that's, that's, you know, that's everybody knows about left lane stuff. You know, that's fine. Merge lanes, I feel like are lesser known, which is why I want to talk about it. Okay. Now, <clears throat> yeah, the fingers are out. So merge lanes. Now this is not universal. Not every single merge lane in the world uh, follows this, this rule, but as a general rule, merge lanes are designed for the specific highway that they are merging onto based on the roundabout. Okay. So what I mean by that is if you're coming around on a really, really loopy roundabout that you have to go really, really slow on, like 20, 25 miles an hour, when you get around to the highway, the merge lane is going to be really long so as to give you time to build up enough speed to merge seamlessly onto the highway, okay? And and then the contrast of that would be if you have a really easy roundabout where you can go pretty fast, the merge lane is going to be short because you're already going 50 or 60. You're not going to need much time to get up to speed and to merge onto the highway. Now, The problem is that 99% of people approach all merge lanes the same way. And what they do is they just get into the merge lane. And as soon as they can get over into the highway, they do it. doesn't matter how slow they're going. They might be getting onto a highway where the speed limit is 70, right? Like in Pennsylvania or some shit. It's not always 65, right? But even if it is 65, it doesn't matter. They will get over immediately when they're still going like 45 miles an hour, okay? Number one, fucking dangerous, okay? And number two, stupid and totally ruins the flow of traffic, okay? By slowing down the right lane, you're also, you're going to have people slamming on their brakes in the right lane. You're going to have people trying to cruise out of the right lane and to get into the other lanes, which is then going to fuck up the flow in those lanes. So moral of the story is that highway driving is all about the flow 
And if you merge like that, you're totally fucking it. Now, I don't want anybody to feel bad if they do this. I did this my first several years of driving. It didn't occur to me. I didn't notice. I didn't realize until like a few years into driving. So like, it's understandable if people haven't like made that connection, but this is very important. And so from now on, listeners, every time you're merging onto the highway, pay attention to the merge lane. If it's a long merge lane, use the entire merge lane to get up to speed. By the time you're at the end of that merge lane, you're going to be going about 65 and you will be able to get seamlessly onto that highway without negatively impacting the flow at all. So there now, you go. I, I think the moral of the story is, Colin, I think we need to take Ethan to some of those merge lanes on I 81 North and Scranton where it's just 30 yards and a stop sign and just watch. Well, like I said, explode. yeah, no, like I said, dude, I live in Northern Virginia in DC and in Northern Virginia, there are some that are really, really shitty. There aren't, there are some spots where it's not, there aren't merge lanes. There'll be a sign that says no merge zone and you just have to get up there and just fucking like hope for a gap. Um, so like, I understand. And that's why I said, I, I had the caveat at the beginning that this is not a universal rule, but it's a general rule. So do it when you can, when you have the shitty merge lanes. Yeah. You just got to do what you got to do. But when you're on a decently planned highway that has the actual appropriate merge lanes, use them. So that's the merge lane rant. And that has been traffic tips from a trumpet player. Thank you very much, everyone. (laughs) Our newest segment. Oh, man. Hannah, aren't you so glad that you just hopped in and got to hear that? First of all, I'm honored. Too. yeah See, sorry I'm that you hopped on right before that yeah and second of all i you know i'm taking this tidbit of knowledge with me <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah so good yeah. so good well hannah yeah. we know we don't want to take up all of your time and we brought you on here to culture us and to help us learn more about women's sports what's going on and Tell us anything that you want to, because yeah. the segments are made up and the content doesn't matter. So you have the floor. You can you can ask us questions. You can tell us what's going on, who we should be watching. But what do you got for us? Well, you know, I know this is like a funny pod, a lighthearted pod. And this is probably the worst week then for me to start this segment because of uh, what's been going on. In no, the bring it. Yeah, bring the heavy shit. Bring it. World of women, ap- women athletes. Yep. You know, obviously the Simone Biles conversation, uh, U.S. women's national team hasn't been playing well. USA softball. I mean, amazing that they Olympic, that softball's back in the Olympics. It deserves to be an Olympic sport, but they got the silver medal. They didn't avenge their defeat to Japan back when it was last in the Olympics 13 years ago. So I think the spirit around not just women's sports for team USA, but a little bit team USA in general hasn't been as hyped um, as maybe in some other years. Just, yeah, it's a little bit, the pandemic mental health stuff coming back up, but three B three by three women's basketball won the gold today. Uh, First time that that sport has been in the Olympics and the U S takes gold on, on its debut. Um, Lydia Jacoby, uh, swimmer, breaststroker, 17 years old from Alaska. Yeah. Alaskan Team USA swimmer. There's only one Olympic-sized pool in the state of Alaska. Holy shit. And totally upset everybody by taking the gold there. Did, did you um, see the, the watch party for that, by the way? Incredible. It so, was like, it like, was like the like... town rec center. It was huge. <laughs> there were so many people. 
it was awesome. I know I know it was one of the yeah it just brought tears to my eyes for sure and then uh Katie Ledecky winning the first uh 1500 meter race at the Olympics I think the 1500 meters has been a race for men since like 1908 so it's crazy that it's just now 2021 we're bringing that race onto the Olympic stage but she was super emotional um winning that gold and uh U.S. took took silver as well, so that's your Olympic roundup for women's sports, right there. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, well, and we, we have the U.S. women's national team uh, playing a knockout round game on Friday in the in a rematch of the 2019 World Cup final game against the Netherlands. So I'll be getting up at 6 a.m. for that one. A lot better than the 3 a.m. kickoff times that I was dealing with <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's going on with them? Like I, they they seem kind of flat, I guess, for lack of a better word. Is it because of the new coach coming in and maybe COVID? You know, also not uh, getting as much time together. But do you have any inklings as to what's going on there? Well, someone on Twitter, I think, summed it up. I think it was Meg Linehan from the Athletics. She was like, "Has anybody tried like unplugging them and plugging them back in?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it just like feels off. I don't know what it is. They were coming into the tournament on a 44-game win streak, the second longest winning streak in the history of the team. So it wasn't like there were these like huge red flags that anyone could see. I don't know if it's the pressure. There's this interesting like curse, I guess, that's gone on, which is no team that's won a world cup has won the olympics immediately after oh shit i didn't um, know that yeah that's, so, that's crazy yeah so they won in 2019 the world cup and now you know you think that this could potentially be the year with this strong of a team but i don't know they haven't been ticking that's for sure and they've looked leaky in defense and just a little lethargic i mean i woke up at 3 a.m last week was it last week? Oh my God. That's the days two days ago. And I just watched them like jog around for 90 minutes and it, you know, it was helpful to go back to sleep too. <laughs> not the most exciting game. So yeah, hopefully they can pick it up. Is that a, so if they lose, they're done on yeah. Friday. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the knockout rounds now. So Jeez. stakes are higher. They've, I think the one edge they have, of course, it's a huge, it's a huge one, huge mental one is they've been here before. They're definitely like the most experienced um, team in the tournament. I think they're like the oldest team, somewhere around 30. You have 39 year old Carly Lloyd dragging up the average age on the team, which is wild to think about. Um, So we'll see. What kind of run do they have to go on to get to the championship? Um, so this is going to be the quarterfinals. So I guess it's just, was that three games? They have three to win? more games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they could, you know, if they win the, uh, their quarter and semi, they could meet Sweden again in the final, which is who beat them three zero, which is a shocking scoreline to wake up to. Um, so that would be, that would be exciting if they do meet again in the final. Yeah. I mean, what's three wins in a row after 44 in a row. It's just the new yeah. streak, right? Yeah. But like I said, hopefully they can splash some cold water on their face or I don't know what Megan Rapino needs to yell to get them to <laughs> <laughs> light a fire back up, but 
I know I haven't like seen any gifts or like anything like memes coming out like when when the World Cup was going on I know the world was totally different and like it seems like it was 10 years ago but like they they were just on fire everybody was talking about them and and there was a lot of hype I think leading up to the Olympics like you said but I don't know I this this is weird um even even for someone who you know it's more recent that I started following them within the last handful of years um, it just, just really seems strange that they just fell yeah. so hard. Absolutely. And also just in the women's tournament in general, it's been a really interesting, um, I don't know, interesting stats, uh, narratives. I mean, I think that they the women's tournament was averaging about five goals a game in the first yeah. round, which is obviously crazy for, for a women's soccer yeah. uh, or for soccer in general. Um, one score line, like Netherlands beat Zambia 10-3 and then they beat China, uh, I think eight, three as well. So, I mean, that's the kind of soccer that I think we get a lot of attention, but it just kind of shows that, I don't know if it's, um, everybody's defense is just asleep or something in the water in the Olympics where the, the performances are just different, but yeah. Yeah, I bet with the energy or the lack of energy that comes from the crowd, too, that's probably something that we're mm. all overlooking in terms yeah. of, of all of this. But Hannah, what in terms of outside of the Olympics, is there anything we should be watching, anyone we should be watching when it comes to women's sports, people that are really putting it on fire right now? <laughs> Well, you know, the WNBA is on a break because of the Olympics. Um, the NWSL is still still playing, um, even though they don't have a lot of their stars because those stars are at the Olympics. Um, how come and, they didn't decide to stop? Yeah, they did not decide to stop. How, how come, though? Oh, how come? Yeah. Um, that's a good question, Colin. You ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious because it, it makes – it makes sense like to take yeah. a two week break if your best players are going to be in the Olympics. Yeah. And they have, they have taken breaks in the past for like the world cup. Um, maybe it's like the new rights deal they have with like CBS and like different platforms that they, they like want to get as much out of that as possible. And, and I get yeah. it. Like so from like a fan and marketing perspective, maybe there's some cons in when you take a break, right? You're like, you've taken, you've gotten people's interest by this consistency. They know when to tune in on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, you get people excited about their team. And then maybe when you take a break over the summer, uh, they start watching baseball, no offense, uh, <laughs> or go on vacation, potentially you lose them. So I don't know um, what the people like in the front office and making those decisions uh, the broadcasting decisions and schedule decisions are thinking, but um, that could be, that could be one part of it, but certainly the Olympics is uh, where everyone's eyes are, are right now. And I will be watching actually what's so it's just the men's gymnastics tonight, but uh, team USA women's rugby starts in about five minutes. And I know nothing about rugby but the team is hilarious on social media. So I'm excited to, uh, to follow along. So cool. We'll have to give them some follows on our Twitter account and get acclimated with them. Hannah is just so everyone knows, including Matt and Ethan. This is what I was going to ask. Yeah, she, yeah. She's going to have her own podcast empire 
in the future. Like oh Hannah, Hannah is the best when it comes to this. And she's super knowledgeable when it comes to everything sports, not just women's sports, but I knew she'd have some knowledge to bring to that, that conversation, so diversify us a little bit. <laughs> and is this That's part of Hannah's done. profession? Because you may have mentioned this, but I can't remember. Is this part of your profession, Hannah? Is well, I'm in sports journalism grad school, so oh, oh yeah, okay. shit. So, so yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that counts then. Yeah, yeah. I want to okay. be in sports media somehow. Actually, Colin, I have to update you because I was telling him the other day uh, I applied to. I mean, soccer is like my my bread and butter. I was a lifelong soccer player and everything. Um, I applied to a position with Charlotte FC the new MLS team down in Charlotte but unfortunately I got that rejection email today so the hunt the hunt continues for all the listeners out there you can find look me up on LinkedIn (laughs) (laughs) make no plug it make that plug come on yeah we can put we can put a fucking thingy in the uh, little description right we can put some you know yeah yep we can do whatever we want we can just hyperlink my resume yeah that works 100 percent do it do it Yep. Send it over, Hannah. I'll get it in tonight. Oh, perfect. Well, on that wonderfully high and somewhat depressing note, (laughs) um, I will let you guys get back to just being one schlub. Um, Thank you for for letting me intrude on the combo. And uh, thank you for particularly to Ethan for enlightening me on how to be a better driver. Um, I mean, I can't say I'm ever like going faster than 20 miles per hour in LA anymore it feels like when I do have a car but oh okay that's fair when I am on those open freeways I'll be sure to keep your advice in mind beautiful thank you for joining us thanks for being all right guys have a good one thanks Hannah Hannah. bye uh so good good. yeah (laughs) the first official guest on the pod yeah you undersold her Colin come on that was awesome well, I, I didn't want to spoil it all, and I wanted I wanted you guys to be excited and have some mystery around it. But we, we yeah. got an actual journalist on this thing. Look, oh, look yeah. at that! We're going places. Well, yeah. and see if see if next time if she wants to, um, I mean, see what she thought. She might not want to, but if she wants to uh, come back on, it doesn't need to be just a short thingy about women's sports. Yeah. She can do that, but then she can just like hang and chat with us for a while yeah. about whatever if she wants. Yeah, I mean, why would anyone want to do that? But <laughs> I, I guess uh, I'll ask her. But what, what do you? You're the you're the one who thinks that people should want to do that kind of thing. Well, I mean, you the numbers have right. the numbers have spoken, and I, I guess there is some validity to it. But what numbers? The downloads? We can't trust those. <laughs> we can trust whatever we want to trust. Yeah, we make is... we make this all up. Uh, we are the masters of our domain, Ethan. Come on. I guess so. Yeah. No, but I'm glad you brought up Simone because I, I didn't want to talk about that just briefly. Um, I mean. It, is it just me or is this this whole, you know, to, to borrow an old internet meme, to put your team on your back type thing? Is that is that really kind of run its course? I mean, yeah, it's it's admirable, admirable when someone overcomes adversity and someone goes to great mental and physical feats. But I think it's just as admirable to do what what Simone did, and I, and I I really hope um, to continue to get get the support and, and that, you know, that she needs and, and kind of, this is viewed in the context that it should be that, um, you know, the, I'm going to sacrifice everything, including my body and my mind for the team narrative, you know, narrative that, that, that's all well and great. And that, that, that is a, always a compelling sports story, but that doesn't have to be the sports story. Mm-hmm. I think what Simone did is great. And, and, and one of the things I read today that was really poignant 
and we were just seven at the time, but think back to Kerry Strug in the 97 or 96 Olympics and think about this, this teenager, this, this girl who looks like, you know, she's, you know, at 14, 15, 16. And she's, she's, yeah, she, you know, back then it sold off. She's going for the glory and she's, she's got a hurt ankle, but she's going to do that vault and she's going to win gold for America. Think about in that context now, like, what if she, what if she maimed herself for, for, for the rest of her life because she tried that, that vault on that ankle and she, you know, had a compound fracture and could never walk again or what, you know, it, I get it. it. It's really admirable. And, and it's really still compelling to watch what she did back then. Cause that, that's such, that's such an athletic feat, but that doesn't have to be this story too. Uh, you know, you, you, you hear her coaches say, you can do this. You've got this, you have to do the vault. And it's like, no, you, no, you don't. Like, I mean, uh, nationalism, yay. Olympics, yay. Like, I'm really proud of what you did. I know, Ethan. But, like, it's it's really compelling what you did, and it's inspiring. But that doesn't have to be it. And, and that's what I wanted. That's my two cents. I don't know if you guys want to expound on yeah, that, too. Yeah, well, but... I, I do want to expound, because I do. I agree uh, 100% other than nationalism, yay. But I agree 100%. I'm just in the context of the Olympics. I know. I know. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, right. No, I understand. But no, I agree with everything you're saying 100%. And I think the one other kind of thing to keep in mind, and and I think this is honestly, I think it's a really crucial point, is I read something today that I thought was really good, just talking about how essentially just basically talking about like the last year and a half and how it has kind of been trauma on top of trauma. We, we I think in this country and may, maybe in other countries as well, we have a tendency to think of trauma as maybe being like, a very, very powerful word and only reserved for like certain truly, truly horrific things. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that if you if you think about the last year and a half, you think about the political turmoil that there was. Obviously, COVID is the biggest one. You think about social unrest and social justice and racial justice, all of that, which has which has been, you know, kind of at a fever pitch for for, uh, you know, since last summer. Um, there was another one I was going to say. What the fuck else was I going to say? The pandemic, social justice, um, political unrest. I mean, political I mean, unrest. really, what you're saying it's like a trauma turducken right there. Basically, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like it's just been an insanely difficult year and a half, and so you take all of that into account, and then you talk about the Olympics and these people who are the best in the world at what they do. Um, but there's an insane amount of pressure. There's no fans there. COVID is still a concern there. So it's it's not even like a normal Olympics. It's like an Olympics with these extra layers of, of, of stressors, of anxiety. Um, and that's on top of everything that has been happening. And so as far as I'm concerned, um, any human being, no matter what you do, whether you are an Olympic, uh, uh, an Olympic gold medalist or you are... Um, just a working class person like us, just doing your job and whatever. Um, do whatever the fuck you need for your mental health. Um, don't if 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 something is gonna like wreck you or be really really bad for you or hard for you, don't fucking do it and fuck anybody else who 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 judges you for it. Um, it has been a truly br- like when we. <clears throat> Oh, the other thing I was going to say, sorry, and then I'm going to continue. <laughs> I just remembered my other, the other pillar is climate. The climate, climate change stuff is worse every fucking day, right? It's been climate, it's been disaster after disaster all over the world for, for weeks now, right? So all of these things together, it's brutal, dude. And when we are, 
the reason I thought of climate is because I was going to say like 40 years from now, we're going to think about this, but I don't know what the world's going to look like in 40 years. We might all be dead, but let's say 10 years from now that we, we were, we're going to look back at 2020 and 2021 and we're going to be like, holy shit, that was an insanely difficult time and really, really stressful and really upsetting and like, yeah, traumatizing. Um, so Simone Biles, anybody else, no matter what you do, it's, it's understandable and it's, and it's healthy to like acknowledge that and to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So that, that's my, that's my spiel on it. Kyle. I think if you remove the severities of what Ethan had just talked about and you go back to what Matt was saying about the whole notion of just like put the team on your back and fight through it. You know, that is the sports equivalent of a workaholic in the corporate world. And we all agree that that's just dumb. And I think forever, I, I just watched a clip with Jeter, Posada, Pettit, Tino, and Tori. And Tori was talking about how that team, one of the reasons that they were so successful is because they never they never took the time. And Jeter even said that. He's like, I should have enjoyed it more. And I didn't. And Tori was like, they never looked at what they had done. They just wanted more. And he's like, it made my job a lot easier. But you think about those Yankee teams and they're revered and for good reason. But think about some of the people that were on those teams. Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Chad Curtis, John Wetland, Chuck Knobloch. Oh, don't, don't say that Chad Curtis name. Don't say that name. All those people have been in jail. At some point. Really? Yes. All yeah. of those people. There are probably more. And at some point, it's because of a mental health what did issue Navi that's go going on. for? Tax something, I think. Tax I, something. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, sorry, continue. Jim Lawrence. He was in jail, too. Really? Yep. All of these guys. Christ. Yeah. All of these guys that if you just strip away their affiliation with the Yankees, you're like, what were they putting themselves like through the ringer day after day after day and not trying to think about their mental health? Because, you know, they weren't thinking about that when they were playing back in the 90s. Right. And so I for me personally. I do think, Matt, like that whole notion is it's gone. And I think for good reason, like I don't care if a player put his team on his back and kills himself you know, 10 years later, like Hideki Rabu did, you know, to, to me, that's not worth it. Like, yeah, what no are we, way. what are we saying about a society that we, we place precedent and we place ownership, like on these people, we think that they owe us something because we pay a ticket to go see them play. And we don't consider that they have lives outside of what they do for their job. Well, and like in Simone's case, like she has nothing left to prove. She's She's the greatest gymnast in the history of the world, and it's not yeah. even close. And, and, it's, like, and it's going to be that way for a long time. But yeah, they shouldn't have to prove anything. Exactly. It, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's Simone Biles or if it's the last guy off the bench. Like, Yeah, true. It, they're people, you know, just like you and I. And you would hope that they would get the same type of help or seek the same type of help that any other individual in any other industry would. And I think more and more people, as we're starting to see, are in sports, but you're still going to have those, I mean, you're, those trolls aren't going to go away on social media, but I think 10 years from now, 
sports are going to be completely different in the sense that you're going to see people taking a lot more personal time, whether it's for good things like the birth of a child, or it's just, I just saw a podcast episode come out from Adam Grant, who's like a really well-known psychologist arguing that we should give sad days, not just sick days in the workplace, give people time off when they're not feeling good for whatever reason, or they're mourning and not just because of a death in the family or something like that. So the the world's changing. People need to get with it. People know at least publicly my history with mental health and some of the struggles that I've had. And so, I mean, I'm all for whatever you got to do to get in a good mental space go for it now, now some context there chad curtis was a convicted sex offender that's why i said what i said i did not realize colin was gonna go to the jail route um everything else yes absolutely and, right. uh, and i looked it up nobby uh did not have tax troubles he had beating up women troubles so, oh nobby no which is a really no. a shame very sad i mean uh-huh. he was just about oh, to man. get inducted into the twins hall of fame like the week that's before right or something. that's right kyle yeah it did it said that yep mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So that fucking sucks. But yeah. anyway, that's not what this is about. But yeah, I just since Matt brought that up. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so you're saying that what you're saying is Aaron Rodgers doing nothing but hosting Jeopardy and going to Hawaii with his fiance. That's perfect. And he's going to win the Super Bowl this year because he's in the right space. <laughs> and they're not going to blow it on an onside kick in the NFC Championship game. Oh, man, you guys have heard me rant. Like, the number of NFC Championship games I've watched the Packers lose, whether it's to your damn Giants or Russell Wilson or whoever you want to name, it's just – it eats away at my soul. Uh, caveat note, editor's note, I am a owner of the Green Bay Packers. My views do not reference or uh, represent those of the Green Bay Packers. Yes, I like to say that I'm an NFL owner. It means nothing, but I like to say it anyway. Okay, but you, well, you should explain that though. You own like shares, right? Because the, the Packers had. I, I spent two hundred bucks on a piece of paper that's worthless, but it says that I can vote once a year at a shareholders meeting. Yeah, you're a share. You're a shareholder of the yeah. Green Bay Packers. So that yeah, but I can't resell it. It won't accrue in value. It doesn't get me any. Um, oh, okay. Uh, priority in in ticket buying. It's not traded on any exchange. It just means that I gave them some money for their stadium expansion. Oh, and I get access to their special. Shareholders only team pro shop. Like, ooh, like I get to spend extra money to fund more more stuff for maybe maybe some exclusive content on Instagram. Maybe there's like an OnlyFans where the players are taking very sexy pictures. Oh, that (laughs) oh let me see you uh (laughs) I'm trying to even think is it Darius Smith? Oh yeah, show me those some of those (laughs) those pecs or you know, whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some of those dreads. He's the one with dreads, I think. Mm. The the Smith brothers, I always uh Preston and Zadarius always get them mixed up. Uh, they're no. both great, but I always get them mixed up. We signed them at the same time. They're both awesome rush. Anyway, I won't get into yeah. that. But yeah. um, no, technically I could like, I, I mean, if I get enough support, I could like bring motions at the annual shareholders meeting. Like I, I joked one year that, oh, maybe I could like bring a motion that um, Clay Matthews had to cut his hair or something. But because, <laughs> you know, I was sick of him, him appearing in head and shoulders commercials and, you know, not excelling on the field, but he was, he was great when we had him. So I, I won't go down that path, but that's funny. But yeah, no, I, I think it's important. And I'm interested to see, like the count said, how kind of sports evolve in the next 10 years. Oh, 100%. And I mean, and isn't one of the things too I, that the Yankees have done in the last few years? And I believe that this has been an appeal for people, um, for, for players who have, you know, signed with the team. I'm pretty sure the Yankees a few years ago developed one of the top like mental health 
yep. divisions. And right, isn't that a thing that the, that the team has now? There's like a mental health, like yeah, like the staff, mental health like and a, sleep. I think I think it's actually talked about quite a bit in Culture of Excellence, where they're oh yeah, Colin, they're, that must be where I where, read about it. Yeah, where where they're really focusing on uh, just the team atmosphere and the looseness. And all right, you know, we're gonna we're gonna encourage people to be goofy on Instagram because that's that's the personality and that's the fo- the, the kind yeah. of the clubhouse atmosphere we want to foster which yeah. um again you know maybe maybe goose gossage gets his panties in a twist because the guys aren't focused enough on baseball bah, i'm old and i have outdated yeah. opinions bah. but yeah. guess what yeah it's Ignore good for the team people. it's good yeah. for the team no fuck those guys goose gossage yeah go away i don't want i don't care what you have to say go trim your mustache it it looks dumb it looked dumb back then your yeah. name's goose i don't give a fuck like <laughs> <sighs> all right now all we right. we're feeling the dome now matt yeah the, the dome's dome. coming in matt, I, I mean, this, is, the dome. this is all i got left of 22 ounces of delicious delicious and, beer. and what did you eat before this if anything a slice of cold pizza that was left over from lunch today oh so you're gonna be fucking wasted all right sweet. Uh, not, it, it, well i guess you have a good tolerance yeah, i would not be wasted. fucking wasted i'll just be uh moderately toasted okay all right that's not too bad yeah that's not too bad all right We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sweet. Um, so, well, Kyle, you obviously, I don't know what you have on the list for tonight for what you want to do uh, um, next. I know there was some mailbag stuff. I definitely wanted to talk about, Danny had brought up some stuff that I thought was interesting that I want to talk about at some point. Um, yeah, and I'll, let me get this out of the way right now. Shout out to Jay Peace. Uh, he recommended a great article in The Athletic about analytics and hockey, uh, and specifically around um, the expansion draft they just had, which is all about finding value in mid-level players because teams can protect certain players on the rosters. So that with the Seattle Kraken, um, you know, they're going after where they can find the most value. It, and there's already a blueprint for it with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What with their first inaugural season, they made it all the way to the uh, Stanley Cup, um, the Stanley Cup finals, I should say. So great article. I got I to look into it more. But uh, Jay, thank you very much. Maybe I'll bring you on as a guest to talk hockey if that ever you know, if, if the, the sun explodes and, and the world ends and maybe we talk about hockey on this podcast, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, just kidding. Well, Thanks, what's, Jay. what's sad is that I had no idea that the NHL just had an expansion draft. So, but yeah, they had like Sean Kemp showed up cause it was in Seattle. And, yeah. and I mean, Sean Kemp put on weight, like I put on weight since high school. So uh, <laughs> I mean, he's still wonderful and great, but they had a, they had a whole litany of, uh, Seattle, Seattle sports famous faces there. I think Sue Bird was there. Um, oh, there was another one I'm, I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, 
this mode. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. <laughs> he's actually a pretty good guy, by the way. He's supposed to be like an awesome guy. So yeah, um, yeah he was talking about mental health long before it started oh, to catch yeah. on mainstream. Yeah, he was ridiculed for it. Yeah, yeah, they crushed oh, it for him. Yeah. Um, all right, real quick, let me. We can do whatever you guys want to do, but let me get the ad read in. Oh yeah, do it. Protagonist. protagonist. They have August first adoption party, so that is August first, this coming Sunday. It's uh, going to be at protagonist, obviously here in Charlotte. This is protagonist brewing in Charlotte. <laughs> yes, you, uh, people aren't going to know what it is just by protagonist. Well, if they've listened to the other episodes, I mean, I'm assuming that you know we're we're starting to build a following now. Do I, I mean, have to explain right, it every the, time? The six and a half people that listen, yeah, maybe. I guess they probably do know by now. They probably know. Yeah. But so, in case we get a one half of a new person, protagonist is a brewery. Yes, yes, and uh, they're throwing a birthday party. Uh, they're throwing. Uh, they have uh, adoptable dogs uh, that will be there looking for homes. Man, uh, this place get, is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, you yeah. can get birthday treats. Um, you know, just seems like it's going to be a real good time. And uh, when Chris, uh, my contact there, sent me this, I didn't even realize that August 1st was Sunday. So that was kind of a slap in the face. But yeah, August 1st is already on Sunday, folks. So unbelievable. Yeah, 2021 flying by. But that yeah. is our ad read for the week with protagonist Bruce. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they got a couple, like they got beers named after people like like Hank or Tina or Manny, maybe. Maybe if this goes well enough, we get a Colin beer. You know, I, would, <laughs> I don't. I don't care what Colin beer is. I'll drink that that stuff every day. I just had the Danks Obama when I, I was saw there. that. I saw that on there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. It was an IPA. Very, just imagine, very like, tasty. Barkeep, give me a Colin. Like, <laughs> delicious. Like after a long day at work, I don't know. That just sounds. That sounds great. Hey, Ethan, Ethan, it. if I say Barkeep, give me an Ethan. Maybe it just gives me bitter beer face. Uh, you guys remember those commercials? <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh no, bitter beer face. <laughs> I'm trying to think if yeah, give me an Ethan. What would it be? It could it could be like an insanely bitter like West Coast IPA, or it could be just like a glass that's like broken and kind of full of shards and just has like somebody like spit in it. Um, I think that could also be that could also work. But um, yeah, but no, they're awesome. And I, I'll also say, you know, every time protagonist comes up, you guys probably hear me in the background being like, oh, man, fucking awesome, dude. That's actually scripted. They sent that to me. I'm supposed to. <laughs> so. Ethan is very good at this copy. It's seamless. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, much better than me reading off. I, I always trip <laughs> over my words and everything. But go ahead, man. Uh, I say one of these days, I'll whip out the advertising voice again and try it. Again, <laughs> you know, but... is, right, right. Yeah, not, not not tonight. Not not when I'm, you know, uh, mod- eight, well, eighteen moderately toasted. Moderately toasted. Yeah, eighteen out of twenty-two ounces through this wonderful stout. Some so. nice browning, you know. Yeah, just starting to get mushy on the inside. I mean, you can see my face looks like a cherry tomato. Uh, you know, I was and I'm, I'm sunburned all over the place. I was out out in the yard uh, counting piles of dirt. Which going? Oh, I thought you were going to the famous um, uh, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania beaches. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, you mean the Susquehanna River? I think that's the closest I get oh, actually, to a bottle actually, of body of water. I mean, obviously, I was joking, but the Susquehanna River is actually like really beautiful. I've driven by it many times, like on Route 15 and stuff. It is, yeah. it's, it's a really beautiful river. No, no, I was counting counting a pile of dirt. It's it's much harder than it sounds. Like here, here's a 40 foot pile of dirt. You tell me how much dirt's in there. Like you it, have to it, count every speck, huh? You gotta, you gotta, yeah. I just, I mean, little. I get like a 16 ounce, you know, cup 
a solo cup and just like one cup, two cup, three cup. No, I, we use drones. It's actually kind of cool, but we'll, I won't go into that. Wow. Yeah, we live in the future, dude. It's wild. I was thinking about that. I mean, and then we can go back to normal talk. But since since I'm since I thought of this technology, we take it for granted. It is it's everything we do with technology is a fucking miracle, dude. It's unbelievable. Like so, okay. So in addition to getting my couch today, I also got a TV. I hadn't oh. I hadn't had a TV yet, so I also got a TV. And I'm sure everybody knows this, at least in our generation, right? Whether you it's whether it's your own TV at home or if you're on somebody else's TV and you're logging into like your Netflix account or whatever, right? The way it works nowadays is on the screen on the TV, it'll either give you like a QR code or it'll give you a link to go to, right? It'll tell you what what URL to go to. And then you just have to type in like a code on your phone or on your computer. And then you log in on your phone or your computer and it will boom, all of a sudden you're in your account on the TV, um, which that alone is fucking amazing. The other thing that's amazing. So my, it's not nothing fancy, but it's just a smart TV. Like any streaming app, anything you want is like available. Like we, we literally have like the entire fucking world at our fingertips all the time. It's unbelievable. And we don't think about it. You know, we're just, we're so used to it at this point, but like us three, we're old enough and probably our listeners are old enough to remember um, that when we were kids, we had like, when we got internet, it was like dial up internet. And when yeah. we wanted to hang out with friends, we had to call on a, on a landline phone that was connected to the wall and you had to press actual buttons. And, and if your friend didn't pick up, you would have to ask, Oh, hi, is Colin home? Is Matt home? Um, so anyways, technology is just unbelievable. And yeah, Every little, even the worst fucking cell phone, the worst computer, is a miracle. Yeah. Kids these days won't know the pain of being halfway through an online game and having your mom pick up the phone and just disconnecting you. <laughs> oh, man, you just hear that, you know that that cac- or cacophony of beeps and on over the phone as the mode. Oh man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are those? What are those days? Uh-huh. Logging on the internet to get an instant messenger. Oh man. I left mighty, mighty a cryptic and what I thought was deep at the time, (laughs) away message. Oh, that was the best. All the away messages. So good. Let's put some song lyrics to a 1970s song I don't even understand in there. Oh, oh, look at at that Matt Root. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's so funny, though, that you say that. Like, AIM was such a focal part of our generation's lives for like, I don't know, a good, a good two, three, four years, probably. Yeah. And of course now it's, now it's nothing like people probably don't even, you know, people who didn't grow up with it probably have no idea that it existed or whatever. Uh, It's just so funny. And well, that's the other thing, right? Is everything just moves so fucking fast. I mean, it's been like, I think we probably got our first computer about 20 years ago. Like when I was growing up, maybe slightly more than that. Um, And think about how different things are from like, those big desktop computers and floppy disks and dial-up internet to now. I mean, we're talking about literally in less than 30 years, the, the, the extent of those changes. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's unbelievable. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, this podcast is not about technology. I just get excited about technology. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good one, though. We're, we've been bopping yeah. around today. Well, I mean, this podcast can be about whatever we want it to be about. Yeah. So yeah. I, if I want to talk about technology, I can't. Yeah, this this yeah. is a really good podcast for people to understand that we will not just talk about sports. Yeah. Like we will we will talk about merging onto the highway if we feel like it. So. That's right. Yeah, and <laughs> by we figure. we mean like Ethan ranted for like four minutes uninterrupted, and <laughs> but, 
people will love that. I'll make sure I do some video clips for that and put it on social media. People well, actually, well, now I'm thinking because you do a blurb for every episode. So for this blurb, well, obviously we have to we have to have something. We, we got to center Hannah, our first our first official podcast. But, but then yeah. something about um, you know something about merge lanes. You know, like uh, um, you're a fucking idiot about merge lanes, and and here's why, or you know something. That's a little too that's a little too wordy, but. Yeah. But merge lanes can be in the blurb, I think. I like it. So I got it written down. Mailbag wise, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting Danny's question again. What was he talking about? So uh, I don't remember exactly. Kyle, do you, did you write it down or? You I can read it. I got it right here. I'll read it and then you guys can yeah. get into it. So yeah, this came from my brother, Dan. So shout out Dan for the first mailbag question. He said, what are your guys' thoughts on having a Major League Baseball payroll minimum slash floor? Example, Ooh. every team needs to spend at least $90 million or some arbitrary number. With younger players being better than ever and being locked into years of relatively low pay for the value they provide, I could see how that might drive the game to be played a certain way to maximize that first payday in their mid-20s. This is something I've thought about before. I have thoughts, but I'll let you guys go first well do you think that would uh solve the years of service games that go on because i think that's going to be the biggest thing that the players the, association goes after like yeah the years and, of service thing that's the issue and, and for 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 those the uninitiated essentially um you know through the arbitration process uh teams can control players and keep them under their own umbrella um for a certain number of years and i don't remember how many years of arbitration you get or, 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 league min- or league minimum yeah we're talking we're talking superstar players making five hundred thousand dollars a year which is a lot but yeah. not anywhere not near the value of contract. the rest yeah yeah, yeah. um and, and one re one one strategy to maximize that time is to um manipulate the time you have you have major league ready players who are superstars who are being held in the minors until a certain point in the year usually mid-june so that they don't meet the minimum years of you know the minimum threshold of, of years of service in the major leagues you know meaning time games played in the, in the major leagues to start that arbitration process it essentially delays it one more year mm-hmm. uh, and so puts the them under control be even yeah. later yeah for the player the payday will come even later they won't be eligible for for free agency until like another year beyond yeah. that um so yeah may I, I still think there'd be time manipulation. Maybe it means those guys get paid a little bit more because if a team had to spend and maybe they would, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that solves a problem. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I'd love to see teams that are, are on the receiving end of luxury tax dollars spend it more. Uh, it, it's kind of infuriating to see the, uh, the Jeffrey Loria Marlins or the, you know, the, the Pittsburgh pirates. Um, Loria is a genius. Yeah. Loria, Loria is terrible, but you know, pocket that Smart. money instead of he, actually spending on his team. He fucking, he, he knew what the system was. And oh, he, he didn't do anything against the rules. But oh no, he, he took advantage of it. Yeah, he was he, brilliant about it. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I think he's a dipshit, but he, yeah, he, he screwed the money or he screwed Miami perfectly. and he screwed the league, but he, he did, he followed the rules. So yeah. And he made himself some massive fucking profits. <laughs> that doesn't yep. mean he's not a dick. Oh no, he's horrible. Absolutely. <laughs> gotta, gotta put a little, gotta put a little stank on that dick. Yeah. But you know, cause that, that's extra special Valoria there. Um, I mean, he was one that, that screwed over the Marlins and Expos or, or the Expos and Nationals, right? Like that was yes. him, right? Yeah. Yep. So Expos and, and Marlins. Yeah. Why did they ever let him back? In? I mean, shame on you, MLB owners, for letting him back in. But, you know, whatever. Again, he, he did what he needed to do. We can't really be looking to owners in yeah. sports for um, morality or ethics. Hey, hey, okay? 
Hey, you're speaking to a sports owner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. There we go. Yeah, right. Once <laughs> once your net worth has reached nine figures without decimal points, once your once your net worth has reached nine figures without decimal points, then then we can talk. Then then you will be the type of owner I'm talking about. I know it's not already there, Ethan. <laughs> Answer because I still bag dirt for a living. So. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But no, I think I think everything that Matt just said is really good. Um, Danny's Danny's idea is really interesting. I never would have thought of trying to deal with it in that way with sort of a league minimum or a floor. Because like Matt, I think that the bigger issue is the service time manipulation. And just to give people an idea of why this is kind of coming to a head now, what used to happen is players would you know, these superstar players who would be amazing in their early 20s, they wouldn't be making very much money, even after arbitration, they'd be making maybe a few million dollars a year, but nothing close to what they would be making on the open market. So they'd be playing, they'd be playing, they'd be under team control until the time they were like 28, 29, 30, which for those who don't know, 28, 20, uh, 27, 28, 29 is like the top of your prime. That's after peak, that is your baseball. Team. So you're under team control and you're not making that much money, relatively speaking up to that point, then you become a free agent. Then you sign some massive deal based on everything you've done up to that point where you've been incredible. But then what happens is basically for your entire thirties, you are league average at best, if not, if not shitty. Uh, and so like the, probably the best current example is Albert Pujols, um, <laughs> yes. who his first 10 years of his career, legit legendary, um, literally, if we were going to talk about the best 10 year stretches in baseball history, he would be right up there as a hitter. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And he was, he was good defensively too. first base, not that valuable a position defensively, but he was still really good at it, which is good. His thirties, since he joined the angels, he signed his contract when he was like 30 or 31. He has been garbage. Um, I mean, he's been about replacement level. I'd have to look at the numbers, but he has not been good. And this is pretty typical. Now, the problem here is, so Pujols is still getting paid because he signed in like 2011 and he signed a big contract. Guaranteed money in baseball, you know, that, that is, a, that is a, another foil to this. Right. But the problem now is that because of all the data we have, teams are not going to be willing to do that anymore. In 2011, they were still willing to do that. Miguel Cabrera, another example, similar time frame. People are not going to be willing to do that anymore. So if you look at uh, somebody like Ronald Acuna or Fernando Tatis, Whenever they eventually are eligible for free agency, if they were in their late 20s or 30 or whatever, um, they are going to be much less likely to get the huge, the huge payday that these other players have gotten because teams know that the decline will probably be really, really severe as they go through their 30s. Why would you pay somebody 30, 35 million dollars a year when you know they're going to decline like that? Yeah. So then the problem is, so how do we address that? How do we deal with this service time manipulation? How do we make sure players? So for me, obviously, fuck the owners. The players need to get paid. So how do we how do we fix this so that the players are getting paid in their 20s while they're really, really good? And that if teams are not going to pay them as much as they decline in their 30s, fine. They will have made their money in their 20s. That's what we got to figure out. And I don't I don't know exactly what the answer is to that. Yeah. Interesting note, just because you brought up Tatis, uh, this is probably a good conversation for a future pod. He's already screwed with his earnings. I don't know if you guys, either of you saw this. Um, he actually signed a deal. At, it's it's something like a reverse insurance company, uh, which interestingly enough, they go after promising young athletes. And he gets, I think as a 20 or 21-year-old, he got uh, an advance, say uh, $500,000 or a million dollars. This company says, okay, you might be a superstar. Sign this contract. I'll give you a 
a million or two million bucks now, you're going to give me 10% of your earnings for the rest of your career. Oh, yeah. And Tatis is one of the people under the thumb of a company like that. So, oh, fuck. so you know, they're making the bet on you hitting it big as a star. Dude, that's because fucking predatory, he does. Man. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, they're taking a risk. They, you know, they're taking a risk and giving you money up front. I don't know what the actual figures are, but, but there was to a, these companies. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not much to these. Yeah. Guys. To them, it's like, it's like gambling on stocks, essentially. Yeah, like, okay, well, change. yeah. Um, so you know that, that's a good that's a good topic in the in the future. But yeah, I'd love to see some of these superstars hit the market at 24, 25, 26, where they can actually get absolutely paid. You know, not you'll have some like um, like Judge is an example who doesn't really reach the majors. He didn't really blossom until he was a little yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have others like fucking Mike Trout, who um, you know 20, 20 has, years old. has been at the top of the game since he broke into the league as a twenty year old. Yeah. 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 So um, now he is getting paid and good for him. And I think he will be good for a while, but that's yeah. not well, going to be. Well, the... but he's, but he's also kind of an exception because he, yeah, he has, will be not only has he been so good throughout his career, he has been really consistent in, and he's actually kind of gotten better like every year, which yeah. most, most, most people, most people don't, if they're really, really good, they'll stay really, really good in their twenties. But like trout, if you look at his numbers, if you look season by season, every single season, like one thing that maybe wasn't amazing the previous year improves exponentially, like literally something every year does. I mean, he's incredible. So yeah, he, he got his big payday, but now, I, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'll just say to steer this, cause we've already talked about trout. So I want to steer this back to Colin and Danny's question. Well, I was going to say, yeah, let's get yeah. back to Dan's question. So, yeah. so the NBA has a, a, a salary minimum, right? Like they have a, a floor, correct? Colin, do you know this? Oh man, yeah, you let me cap. down. I think they have no, a they cap. have a cap, but I believe they have a minimum. Yeah. Oh, but a min- Oh, yeah. okay. Because I, I, I think that's the reason. I mean, every once in a while, you hear stories about, um, you know, what Joe Smith getting max deal. I think Joe Smith is the name. I could be exposed myself here, but um, but the I think yeah, you get, like you guys who are they're good, but they're not elite. But they're getting max deals because teams have to spend. I, I don't know if it's the NFL or the NBA, but I want to say there are other leagues professional leagues that have salary minimums like salary floors yeah so I'm gonna... it could, there could be something like that in the nba and i think like matt while you're looking that up so the two biggest problems in baseball when it comes to the money is the discrepancy between payrolls which has continued to be a problem even with the luxury tax that was put in place after the 2000 season and then as you guys have already talked about pretty extensively the service time and the amount of money that these young stars or the lack of money that they're making yeah, when their value is way higher. Highest. Yeah. To answer Dan's question though, I do think a minimum salary could be helpful. And here's why I, well, (laughs) So maybe this is just me being a bitter Yankee fan, but I am sick and tired of teams like the Rays and the athletics crying poor all the time when we know that they're really not that poor, Yeah, that they have much more money that they could put toward their payroll that they choose explicitly choose not to. And it drives me fucking crazy. And so I want owners to put money into the pockets of the people who are making them money. And the only, and one of the ways to do that would be to institute a minimum that should raise like inflation does 
know, in America or something like that. Like it shouldn't just be 90 million, like Dan had suggested this year and stay 90 million for the next 20 years. Like it should go up just like the luxury tax number has continued to rise. And that will help. I think that'll help in some ways because then you're going to see teams, you know, like Matt was saying, where, they need to, they need to fill in that money. And so maybe they do take a chance on a 32 year old DJ LeMahieu and give him way more money than the Yankees gave him because they need to get to that 90 K and they were at, you know, 72 or something like that. And so it forces teams to spend money, which helps the players. And at the end of the day, I'm all for the players. I hate the owners and the way that they eat their money. I think it's terrible even with the Yankees. I mean, people complain about the Yankees, but yeah, they, they obviously hold on to a lot of money. They make a lot more money than what they put into their payroll, even though they're putting in either one of the top three payrolls every single year, they're still eating a lot of, they're not eating it, but they're, they're keeping a lot of that money. And so I want that money to go to the players, but I also think it will help with competitive balance uh, because it'll make it so that, I think there's a value in these veteran players that is being forgotten because we don't want to give out that money. And then you have, you know, maybe a younger prospect who we're just hoping they're all going to be Mike Trout's or they're all going to be Fernando Tatis Jr.'s and Ronald Acuna's and come right up and light the world on fire. But most of the time they're not going to be like that. And so it's, uh, I think there's value in those veteran players. It's just how do we get money back into their pockets and still keep the competitive balance and, and even keep the overall competitive nature of the sport rising. Cause it's obviously risen over the course of the past 20, 21 years with the luxury tax, but there's still that discrepancy. It's not as bad as it was when the Yankees had you know, $190 million payroll and the Marlins had, you know, what a $20 million payroll or something like that, but there's still too many huge discrepancies like that. And there's absolutely no reason for it. Like there's no reason that the Rays shouldn't be paying more money to the players on their teams or that the A's shouldn't be paying more money. They have way more money than they will ever lead you to believe. They just want to cry poor and I'm sick of it. Yeah. Now the CBA, correct me if I'm wrong, is is, is the CBA, the CBA is expiring this year, right? They're going to be negotiating a new one in the off season. Yes. So my hope, and I mean, I don't want a strike to happen because that can be really bad for baseball, but the players are the product. And so I hope that they fight hard to get to get what they deserve. Um, and if that comes to a strike, I hope they do it. Because without the players, the owners and their shareholders and whoever, they There's ain't no got game. fucking jack shit. Yeah. Yep. So if you got to go on strike to get what you deserve and to get paid, then fucking do it. As far as I'm concerned, um, I, I just, I just, I hope that they, I hope they fight hard and I, I hope that they don't, um, I hope that they don't concede, you know, on really anything because and I, they, and I they think have because I think because, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Because the data is there now and more public and available. Like we're not going to have the people crying, like, oh my God, these millionaires want more money like they were in 1994. Like, I think you're going to see a lot more people who say what the players do if they do strike to try to get those younger players to make more money. That is is something that every other person, if they were in their position, would have done. So I think they're going to have a lot more support this time around from the public 
which, you know, from a, yeah. a recovery standpoint will certainly help the game if they do go into a strike, which we all don't want. But if they do have a strike and they lose some of the season next year, I don't necessarily think it'll be quite as bad as what happened in 1994. Yeah. I also think there's a lot more awareness now about just in terms of society in general, about the damage that ultra wealth concentrated in so few hands causes. And so I think that like owners in 1994, there probably were owners who would get some sympathy exactly because of what you're saying. Like, Oh, these, Mm -hmm. these spoiled athletes making millions of dollars or whatever. But now we know better that like, these owners, their, their wealth is, is just above and beyond anything that we can fathom. And so fuck them. Um, you know, as, as, uh, as Garrison says in South park, um, fuck them until they're dead basically. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that that would help too. I think that I don't think there will be any sympathy for owners. Uh, if there is, it will only be for, um, you know, fascist from, from fascist bootlickers, which, which is fine because fuck them too. So. <laughs> so what was, what else did Danny say? Wasn't, I feel like there was something else. Um, I mean, he, he and I had a little joke about little league, but there was, I feel like there was something else. Oh, well, and quick, quick note. So I, I have to educate myself quite a bit more on the NBA salary cap apparently, but it does look like one of the features of the cap is a salary minimum, but interesting. But okay. I also just pulled up sport track to look at the actual salaries across the NBA. And then I'm just like, my mind's blown. I got to figure out what these numbers mean, but. Okay. Yeah. The other, the other thing to Danny's question was he thinks that there should be a three hour time cap oh, for baseball. Yes, I definitely want to talk about this. Yeah. I thought this yeah. was fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. So on, on last week's pod, was it on last week's pod? Did I talk yep. about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so our, our listeners, our six and a half listeners, uh, they all, they all probably know um, but even if they if they don't, I think everybody knows baseball is incredibly slow. It always has been, but it's even worse now. And so Danny and I seem to be on the same page in terms of our frustrations with it. Um, and so, and 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 uh, you can you can clarify any of this because I can't remember exactly what Dan said, but I think he was saying having a three hour limit, kind of like like how a soccer game would work. So like at the yeah. end of three hours, whoever's winning wins. Is that yeah. is that yeah. right? Exactly. I kind of like that, to be honest with you. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that as an option. Um, I think that's cool. The only thing that still is a problem is that the actual pace of play will still be really, really slow. And right. so, like in right. terms of, in terms of TV, it's still going to be hard. I think we've talked about how in person, baseball is super fun. Even if you're not a baseball fan, like going to a baseball game in person is really, really fun. The, the atmosphere, all the fans, the ballpark food, grabbing beers, everything. Like it's a super fun experience. Um, but you still have your va- your majority of fans are going to be watching on TV. Right. And so you, if you're still, if you're still dealing with a sport where it takes literally, literally 30 to 45 seconds between every pitch. And I counted this week, by the way, cause I had said that last week about 30 seconds between pitches. That was just my estimate. And I looked this week when I was watching one of the games, I watched my, I looked at my watch in between pitches and at least one of them was like 45 seconds, literally point being the three hour limit, I think is great. I think that that helps. I think, I think that that would help because you're not going to have these like fucking marathon four and a half hour things where it's just like, nobody has time for that. Nobody can actually watch those games. But in terms of the actual pace of play in the game, we still, we still have to do something about that. I, I don't, I don't think it's sustainable 
to have the game be as slow as it is. And Matt actually had really good points last week. And, and Matt, maybe this is what you were going to talk about. I'll let you go next. Um, the nature of how the game is played right now is kind of a problem in terms of the fact that it is, in so many cases, home run, strikeout, or walk. And oh, yellow. Um, sorry. Or uh, yellow? Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, let's, let's talk about Gallo. We'll talk about Gallo after. Um, but, um, but yeah, you still got to figure something out for that, for that pace of play. I think I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I mean, you got to focus on the pace of play before you focus on a time limit or else the fucking Orioles will get a one, nothing lead on someone and throw the first seven times between every pitch. So it's like before basketball got a shot clock. I mean, my dad used to say he just dribble dribble around around all the time. When you do a pitch clock and you actually enforce it, you do a pitch clock. That's like 15 seconds and you fucking enforce it. That's one thing. Remember remember back in the day when we thought Steve Traxel was a slow pitcher because he took 20 seconds between pitches. Like figure that out. Yeah. And also in another thing too, by the way, it's not always the pitchers, right? So like, okay, so a pitch clock at like 10 or 15 seconds, that would definitely help. But it's the fucking batters too, dude. After every pitch, so many batters, they won't just like step, they won't put one foot out of the box. They will take a fucking like tour, okay? They'll like tour the whole on deck area between every pitch. Like, oh, I'm just going to go for a fucking leisurely stroll. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's insane. So so that's the other thing. So you, so you make a pitch clock and you fucking enforce it. You say, um... If you don't, if you don't throw your pitch in 10 seconds or in 15 seconds, that's an automatic ball or whatever. I don't know. You come up with some punishment that makes it, makes it worth, you know, following, following the rule. And then for the batters, you say no more fucking joy walks outside of the box. You can step one foot out of the box. You can fix your batting gloves, but you got to be ready. Like that's that. And if you do that, if you have every, if you have a pitch happening every 10 or 15 seconds, I think that helps a lot. I'm not saying that that's like the total solution, but I think that makes a big difference. But but it's my routine. I need to up unlace my shoes and yeah. sing "Skip to My Lou" seventeen times yeah, and, right. and off yeah. keys. You know these, these guys. Yeah, I know, right? But these guys are the best in the world at what they do. Fucking figure it out. Yeah. If you want this game to continue, you love this game. If you want it to continue, you got to make some adjustments. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, and that's only one point or one part of the problem too. Like the other part of the problem is putting the ball in play. That yeah. too. Like, so that, too. that that's a whole another issue that we're we're already running long, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But oh yeah, I guess we've gone uh, we've gone over an hour uh, yeah. a good amount this time, haven't we? Yeah, we have a ton of topics still on my sheet here that we're obviously not going to get to well you know that you know the podcast is my favorite podcast and the podcast usually goes for like close to two hours although not now because they're trying this new format but traditionally it goes like two hours so uh, you and colin and joe paz nasty man like i don't i don't think colin loves joe paz as much as i do joe joe paz is my favorite sports writer and mike sure is my favorite tv person um so then the fact that they're good friends and they have a podcast it's like my favorite thing so. I like I like them a lot, and Joe lives in Charlotte here, with which me, is awesome. So. Yeah. yeah, maybe you know what we got to do is we got to start tweeting to him, and <laughs> also tweet with protagonist and see if we can get Joe Paz to come and meet us at protagonist. Yeah, yes. I drive down there. I'll drive down there. Yeah, uh, you know maybe if I beg Joe Paz and I tell him, dude, you're my favorite. I love you so much. I feel like I feel like he would. I feel like he would be into that. First seven beers are on me. <laughs> there you go, and then I'll pay for the next two. Yeah. So that's nine free beers. And Colin, you buy the pizza. Done. I want to get the pizza. So I'm protagonist ready. is going to get some fucking business. 
Joe's going to get a lot of free drinks. I mean, it sounds to me like it's a pretty goddamn good deal. But Great deal. And I yeah. think it's an awesome way to end this episode. So well, say should goodbye. Should we talk about Gallo, though? Should we talk about Gallo real quick? Well, well it's not let, official let, yet. Let, so. let, let, yeah, let, let's, let's see how it goes a week from now. Yeah. yeah. I hope when we wake up that the medical and all the players that are going over, it's assuming, going to be good. Assuming it goes through, I like the deal. Not only is he a good left-handed bat, but he's a really good fielder. That's my that's my my uh, uh, Reader's Digest version. We can talk about it more next. Three, three outcome hitter. Mm. <laughs> the evil empire is back. Say goodbye to the podcast. Bye. Uh, yes. Yeah.